Welcome, this is Louis from Couples Help. Thank you for listening to this podcast that's dedicated to helping couples to understand intimacy, to ask difficult questions and journey together to a place of understanding, connection and living relationships from a place of good to great. Please check out my website at www.coupleshelp.co.za. Today we talk about the complexity or the difficulty of intimacy. And when I talk about intimacy, the definition on Wikipedia is a close familiarity or a close friendship. For me, intimacy is the ability to feel loved and to love fully, to be seen and to be fully seen, to have an experience of oneness and togetherness with the other, per- with the other person. And for intimacy to happen, I believe uh, someone needs to experience a feeling of safeness, that I feel safe with you. I need to feel that you see me just as I am and that you give to me specifically what I need because all of us need something very specifically from the other to feel that we are loved. What I realized working with intimacy in couples counseling is that most of us live with a perception or a myth, I would like to call it a myth, that intimacy should be easy. And I pick it up in couples counseling when a couple enter into my room and say to me that we thought it should be easy. I thought it should be easy to be close to you. I thought it should be easy to love you. I thought it should be easy to give to you. But what I've experienced is that it's very difficult. I believe this is a myth. And it's a myth that is hurting couples and relationships all over the world. I want you to visualize the people in your life that you had intimate relationships or experience of intimacy with. I want you to see their faces in front of you. Take a few moments, a few seconds. Try to see those people where you had the experience that it was moments of intimacy that you shared with them. Maybe... There's many faces and many names and a lot of people coming into your mind or into your presence, maybe. But in my experience is that actually there are only a few. There's only a few people in our lives that we shared moments of intimacy with. And even those moments were rare and they were very short-lived. That brings me to the conclusion that intimacy, in its essence... In its reality, it's actually a very difficult thing. People struggle to be close to other people. We struggle to be loved. We struggle to give. Intimacy is not an easy thing. And the hurt in relationships then is that I thought with you it would be easy. I think that's actually the big hurt when it comes to intimacy. That it's difficult, but with you I thought it would be different. With you I thought it would be easy. And now, with you, I feel like all the world, I feel alone, I feel invisible, and I feel unappreciated. So what I would like you to consider today is that intimacy is a journey. It's a station at the end of a journey. Intimacy is not a given. It's not something that's just there because you go through the motions of relationship. It's it's born into the space. It's something that grows into the space. It's something that that grows with time and over time if a, if a relationship is committed to a certain kind of living and giving and being together. And when intimacy is difficult, 
you're not per se doing something wrong. It's because intimacy in its essence is difficult. And usually couples, when they arrive at the place where they realize it's difficult, they do three things. Rather, they exit, they end the relationship, or they end up in deadness. They exit going into affairs or addictions or work, whatever gives them a sense of aliveness. Or they end it saying, you are the wrong guy, we made a mistake. Or they end up in deadness. They give up the deep need for intimacy. They give up for understanding and growing into new places. And just raising kids and going through the motions of relationship, they end up dead. I don't want you to exit or end or end up in deadness if there's disconnection or difficulties in your experience of intimacy. I want you today to view intimacy with new eyes and with a new perspective. I want you to become excited about the possibility that maybe there's a different side to intimacy that you've missed all these years that's rather invitation to life than a place that brings sadness and hurt and pain. And here is the new perspective, explained in a very simple way, a complex thing explained in a very simple way. When we get married, we think we get married to the right person. But luckily, people like Harville Hendricks and Helen and people like Heidi Schleifer from the Imago tradition and the ECCT tradition that's dedicated to helping people understand relationships, has taught us in the last few years that we married the wrong person for the right reasons. With the perception that we married the right person, we mean, we mean by that that I get married to you because I think you can give me what I need to feel loved and adored and seen and everything else we need. That's what we think. But what we've learned in the last few years is that we get married to the wrong person for the right reason. That means we always get attracted to someone or get married to someone that cannot give us what we need. They cannot naturally give us what we need to feel alive. Let me explain this and explore this a bit more with you. We are born in full aliveness. By full aliveness, I mean with the ability to make emotional contact with the world, to express ourselves in an emotional way. Other part of our aliveness is our being actively present in this world, being active, being alive, using our arms, using our voice, using our senses um, to make connection in this world and to say that we are here and to connect with people. The other part is being alive in our senses, experiencing our bodies, experiencing the world in our bodies and through our bodies. But for aliveness to stay alive, it needs to be mirrored, it needs to be seen. Someone needs to say, emotions, welcome in this world, you are beautiful and you are welcome. Welcome actions, welcome senses, you are most welcome. Enjoy your stay and you are beautiful if that is part of your existence. But that doesn't happen. Because of our parents and our caregivers and the cultures we grow up, there's certain parts of our essence that are not mirrored and even blamed and shamed. For instance, for emotions to stay alive, someone needs to tell us, you've got the most beautiful tears in the world. What are they saying? But instead we hear things like, in this world, you, you don't cry, you need to be strong, and if your daddy's strong boy, then you are loved. Or you are fully alive and, and you get messages like, please be quiet, please sit down, I want to see you, I don't want to hear you. 
or you, or you think you've got these most beautiful thoughts and you get messages like, in this house, you're not allowed to think. I am the thinker, and as long as you do as I say, you will be loved. And when we get that messages, we give up emotions and thoughts and actions and senses because the story we make up is that having that is dangerous and we will not be loved if we express that. And then we give up that part of our aliveness and our humanness and our essence. So when we arrive in adulthood, we've got lost parts, lost parts of our existence and our essence that we gave up to survive and to feel loved. But life's journey with us is our wholeness. And what we discovered in the last few years is that marriage agenda is our wholeness. It's not love. We don't get married for love. We think we do. But we get married because of the unconscious agenda of wholeness. Someone getting married to me and calling out what I've lost. What I need from you. You need to grow back. This is how marriage works. I feel attracted to someone that doesn't have what I need. And what I need are they called to wholeness. I need someone that is emotionally with me. I will always get attracted to someone that not naturally would be able to give me emotionally what I need. Because what I need are they called to wholeness. To get back what they lost. On one side of the world is a little boy being born. In a house where he gets the message that you're not allowed to think. If you think it's dangerous, and on the other side of the world, there's a little girl that grows up being emotionally neglected, and she doesn't know how to feel. These two people feel attracted to each other, because what this little boy needs to feel really loved is someone that is emotionally with him, and that needs to explore her lost part. And what this little girl needs is someone that can think with her, that can stand up, that can express their thoughts and not just be there emotionally. And that is the lost boy little part. And that's why they get married. That's the story of intimacy and of disconnection. What I need from you, you're not able to give naturally. And then what happens is when I struggle to give to you what what you need, you start blaming me and you start shaming me. Or you make up a story in your head that I don't want to be with you or that I think your need is stupid. Or you make up a story that I am not important. And then we move into a threatened situation and intimacy cannot happen in a place of fear and being threatened. And this is the place where I meet most couples, living in disconnection, blaming and shaming with a lack of intimacy. The story they make up is, you don't want to be with me, you don't want to give to me, I'm not important to you, and I am all alone. So what needs to happen for intimacy to be born in a relationship? Well, it's two people committed into giving of what is most difficult for me to give. And this is my theory or my um, understanding of intimacy is that it only happens when two people stretch into giving what is most difficult for me to give. And by stretching to give you this, I grow back what I've lost, I grow back into fullness, I grow back into aliveness, and that's the place where intimacy starts to breathe and to be alive. I will always be attracted to someone that cannot naturally give. But love is when two people say, I see this need of you. You need this. But I also need to give this 
for me to be fully alive. So I want you today to, to start seeing the difficulty in intimacy actually as your invitation to wholeness. To say, ah, oh, pain. This is an invitation to wholeness. The pain in your disconnection make sense. So I want you to stop blaming and shaming and I want you to step into this connection. I want you to step into this connection, into the pain of your relationship, asking the question, what is happening here? Not running away from it, not blaming, not shaming, but to stop and say, what is this disconnection saying and inviting us to see about ourselves? Then I want you to get interested and excited and curious about your partner's needs. I want you to stop in your partner's needs and really ask them, what is that that you really need from me that I'm not giving to you that's causing you hurt and pain or that you stopped asking because I didn't give this? Please tell it to me one more time. Please give it to me. I want you to become curious about their needs as a path into your wholeness. And I would really like you maybe for the first time in your life, listen to your needs of your partner and not just say, this is stupid or it doesn't make sense or I give you something else. I want you to stop, to step curiously into the needs of your partner and try to make sense of what is the call to wholeness for me there. And I want you to start asking. I want you to start asking your partner for what you really need. I want you to, to try to discern what it is you really need because your asking is very important to the unfolding of the wholeness of your partner. And then last of all, you will need to stretch. Stretch is the place where a couple falls into intimacy and wholeness. And stretching is giving what is difficult. And we don't know how to stretch. So we need to be kind to each other in this stretching. So maybe I ask you to phone me three times in the next two weeks. But I know it's difficult for you. And maybe you only phone me twice. To say, I know this comes from a place that is very difficult for you. But thank you for stretching. Or I need you to initiate sex four times in the next two weeks. But I know initiating sex is something that is very difficult for you. So if you do it once, it will mean a lot to me. It's being kind and soft and trying to understand that the need and the giving is the dance to intimacy. And to be soft and kind in that dance. Love is actually a call to wholeness. And we don't know the path to our own wholeness. We don't know that path naturally. The GPS to that is the need of my partner. The need of your life partner, your life counselor, your, your soulmate. The need is the mirror into the inner parts of the lost parts of your soul. I want to end in this way. I want you to embrace your disconnections, not to run away from it, but to step curiously into that, to slow down and to invite life into those places. What I mean by that is 
to see this connection as part of the growth process in growing into intimacy. I want to end with a reading of 365 days of love. More than we are, the invitation to love is the heading. Love calls us into being as the highest expressions of ourselves, makes us servants and saints, confessors and healers. When we love, we have no choice but to enlarge our definition of ourselves. Because of love, we become not only more than we were, but more than we were ever intended to be. What do you think you would see if you invited love to call out the best in you? How would you stretch? What would be the highest expression of yourself? This is the invitation of intimacy. Thank you for listening. Love and kindness.